You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 121 with Aubrey Nichols. In this episode, we're chatting all about how to master PMS and your inner mean girl. Yep, your itty bitty shitty committee. You see, I reached out to Aubrey as a self-love and self-truth teacher because I felt like she was the best person I've come across to have this conversation with. Her intention is to illuminate the darkness so that others may live in the light in everything that she does. For her agency and brand clients, Aubrey unearths insights and develops creative and impactful ideas in her writing and speaking. She digs deep into her heart and life experiences to say what others won't. Some say Aubrey has a black belt in truth telling, which I love, and she likes to think she keeps it real. Now, Aubrey has recently moved to LA from New York City, and she's currently enjoying all of the beautiful waves, acai bowls that the oceans of California have to offer. Now, whilst we're going through this episode, you can check out Aubrey on Instagram at Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-E dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. That's Aubrey Nichols. As a researcher, Aubrey uncovers insights by asking good questions, listening for the unspoken, and talking to respondents as dear friends. Whether she is conducting focus groups, creating a keynote deck, or pouring out her soul on page, Aubrey loves what she does. She feels best when she's creating and is blessed with each new opportunity and challenge. And you'll definitely see that in this episode as Aubrey and I dive deep into these juicy topics around PMS and the inner mean girl. We uncover and really open up conversations together around connecting with your creative vision of yourself. What is self-truth and how you can align with your self-truth? How to embrace self-judgment when you are judging yourself? What can you actually do around that to live at your true self? The key thing to tapping into your truth, that's a really good point that we cover, along with breaking negative belief patterns, how she's gone from having bulimia to embracing food and enjoying chocolate, the importance of language and the words that you speak, and that then evolves into PMS self-talk and the talk that we have around this inner autumn phase of our cycle before we lead into menstruation that really affects a lot of women in a negative sense and mentally can make them feel a little bit cray cray. We talk about living in a patriarchy world as a feminine and how we can fully express ourselves as women. I've loved doing this episode with Aubrey and I can't wait for you to wrap your ears around it. So let's just jump on in. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under 
calendar a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Aubrey, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Thank you, Gemma. So happy to be here. It's such an honor. Can't wait for it. I can't wait either. Just before we hit record, we were talking about how we are both feeling like we're like kind of Californian girls living on the coastline, vibing the same vibe. And so I'm feeling really excited for this episode. Um, Before we jump into it, tell us, Aubrey, what day of your menstrual cycle are you on today and how are you checking in in this moment? How are you feeling today? Um, So supposedly, according to my calendar, I was on day 21, which should be the in my app tracker, it says, did the world just come more annoying or is it just you? I should be in my fourth <laughs> week. But for some reason, I think that I'm going to skip my period this month and my estrogen lifted. That's what I think just happened. And um, the energy I'm feeling and like the sort of face shape and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, the foods I'm craving. Um, that's my, that's my gut in it. And I'm feeling, feeling like my estrogen just lifted. I'm like, feeling pretty good, but like not very grounded. Oh, that's a really good like overview. Feeling like, like energy's lifted. I'm feeling positive, like got lots of stuff going on, but feeling extremely flighty and not like exactly. super connected and grounded. And that's so common. Like I f- just for the women who were, or the menstruators who are listening to this, that it's so important to just be aware of where you are in your cycle and what's going on. Because when you were saying, I might miss my period this, this month, that would happen if you missed your ovulation. So um, knowing when you ovulate and if you're using an app, that's great. Um, yeah, well, we, we could talk about that topic for like the whole podcast, I reckon. But that's not why we're here. Um, tell us, Aubrey, who are you? What is it that you do? Because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who are like, have never heard of you before. So give us a little overview about who you are, what you do, and um, you know what you're passionate about. My name's Aubrey Nichols, and I am a self-love advocate, self-reclaimed, I'm a writer. I am an emotional being, super empath, canary in the coal mine. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think in a nutshell, that who's who I am. I'm a creative, you know, creative being looking every day, waking up, wondering how can I live more of my waking hours in my creative power. Mm. And we all have a creative power, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think a great question to open up with is how does one connect with their creative power? How do you connect with your creative power? Cause I feel that we we're all born with seven senses and mm-hmm. this creativity, which stems through imagination and intuition a lot of us have like this kind of blocked out of us through the patriarchy society that we've grown up in and people can be really upset and feel like they don't have creativity or I'm not a creative person. How does one connect to and with this creative version of themselves? Um, well, I can tell you how I do it. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, there's a number, like I have a list I have a list in my notes or I've written down many, many times, like things that work for me. And what that means is how can I get into a heart space? How can I be inspired? Um, And then have ideas be moving through me. 
but then root it in deep stillness. So for me, melodic, beautiful piano music works for me to get into a hard space. Earphones work for me. Um, Intense cardio and movement and dancing works for me, but it, in order, but then I deep, deep stillness works for me. Bathtubs, baths are my place. It's like truth serum. Same with the ocean, ocean dunks. They, you know, if, even if you don't want to get all the way in, just at least like stay in your legs and and let that salty water just like, like wipe all the lies off you and, and let your real truth come to the surface. So those things work for me. Being super relaxed works for me. Red Mm -hmm. meat works for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's a journey that many of us don't realize how important it is like discovering who you really are and discovering Mm. your own self and then your own self truth. What does that, like how, what is self truth? Let's start with that. What is self truth? The best way I can describe it right now is through a conversation with my dad where I was wondering, should I move by the beach? Should I move, you know, a mile away from the beach? I'm in LA, you know, I'll get more for my money out there. And my dad just say, said, Obzi, listen, you're going to be 80 and out there dancing on the beach. Like n- no one's watching and that's who you are. So just go be that. And it, because it's true for me being by the beach, it helps me tap into my feminine um, softness, my creativity, it keeps me relaxed. And then being in LA, it's such a hustle and bustle anyway, that I just wanted to balance out that, that productivity with the softness. So that's really who I am. I'm um, very bouncy, very playful. I'm 43 now. And I don't, I feel like I'm 10 sometimes (laughs) and that's who I am. And I'm going to always be like that. Mm -hmm. And also I think the key thing to tapping into your key, key truth is, you know, what do people reflect back to you? What do they say over and over to you again? Even look at your Instagram pictures. What are they, what are the comments look like? That's probably close to your core truth. And also from, in my perspective, how can I not judge that truth and not make myself wrong because I'm not like this person's truth. And that's been a big part of like self or owning my truth and stepping into my power is really realizing that this is who I am, not judging it and being really proud of it and looking around that at people in realizing that all the people I look up to are really living in their truth and owning it and not apologizing it or trying to hide it. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, like absolute sense. We live in a mass media world, which is very boxing. I call it, we all just need to unbox because, mm. and it's different in different countries and different parts of the world. I'm very aware of that. But overall, there's always something that we're striving to be more like and it's not ourselves and I my my story with this is I love traveling to Asia 
and you know you forget your sunscreen or you need to buy a lotion or whatever it is and you go to the store and everything's got whitening in it and you're like oh no I don't want to get white I'm here to get tanned (laughs) and it just goes to show that you know everywhere around the world we're craving something that's often not ourselves and it's very challenging I see this with the women that I work with it's very challenging to just own who you are Mm. yeah and remove the judgment and you know the comparison being the thief of all joy literally Mm -hmm. how how do you recommend to people that you work with and in your own experience recognizing that you're in a judgment state and then letting go of judgment because I feel like that's quite a um, challenging process for many people is that yeah, a good it's a, question? It's a great question. And I'm just thinking about how I recognize when I'm in that place of judgment. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is really language. If I'm speaking to myself or others in this should, you, I, you should do this. I need to do this. I must be like this. X won't happen unless I'm blank. Um, those are all places of should. And then I'm also what's present for me really right now is because I, I feel like I may have been sucking in my stomach for the last 40 years of my life. Mm. So, <laughs> and I'm really actively noticing, wow, I'm really holding my body in a tense way all the time and trying to relax. Um, mm, that's and wondering what that right fucking point. And really like wonder what that feels like. And it feels pretty out of control, to be honest, um, to just let my body be soft. And um, so I, yeah, I guess that's another place that I would realize that I was being judged or judging myself if my body was tense or in fear um, and not soft. That's such a great analogy because often even just if we look at body love and self-love and owning who you are, so many of us are sucking it in mm. and sucking it up. I feel like um, there was a campaign that recently came out um, in Australia and it was like, ah, she'll be right, love. And it was around like um, violence, um, what, what, violence for women right. against women. And it was all like, oh, she'll be right, love. And like the scene pops in and there's something going on and she's like cutting wood to make a fire. And she's like, no, she'll be right, love. And it's that sucking it up kind of attitude. And we can suck it up mentally and emotionally, I guess, but then also physically sucking it in. It's like, oh, stand up taller and put my chest out and, you know, pull the tummy in and like make sure I stand a perfect way so my ass doesn't look like it's a certain shape. And Mm. It's very common and easy for us to get stuck in that judgment judgment hole. Where do you find in C. Aubrey the places that specifically women and menstruators can get really stuck in judgment? Like what leads to that? Oh, what leads to the judgment? Yeah, or well, I asked kind of two questions in a sentence. I do that all the time. What is um, like well, where do most women find themselves judging? Like I would say Instagram would be one for sure. Oh, I mean, I would just start first and foremost, like in the mirror, in their own mm-hmm. mirror. I mean, that's mm-hmm. my, that's my greatest foe, my enemy, and that I'm really transforming into my friend. There's, um, 
by rewiring the neural pathways in my brain that when I've looked in the mirror, like from a very, very young age have always, my eyes have always reflected back to me. There's something wrong with you. Look at that facial, the facial structure is wrong. Look at your thighs. Um, your hair is not right. Your brows are crooked and those sorts of things. I would say that that's, it's very unconscious still for me, even though I work on it all the time. Um, but I would say, you know, that's a big place where women get stuck, Mm. uh, is in, is in their own mirror. And I would even go further to say that it's been probably more intense in, um, quarantine, COVID quarantine, since we've been all locked down, all on Zooms, FaceTimes, looking at ourselves. I mean, and if you look at, you know, cosmetic dermatology, all the services are up. I mean, there's been an influx of Botox filler, all of the things that'll help you <clears throat> fix your face because according wow. to, no, according to the women who have been staring at themselves, like, which we all have, I mean, there, there's something wrong with them, but I would say, I mean, my self-loathing of, in the mirror really is a product of me feeling so intensely the self-love that my mother did not have for herself. My mom felt like she was not enough. She's gorgeous to this very day, does all the facials things. She's 70. She looks like she's 40 and she still doesn't feel like what she does is enough. And she got that from her mother. I took on that pain, the empath that I am, and I turned it on myself. And I know I did that because, um, I still, I mean, I, I do it to avoid big feelings. And when I was married and I was trying to work through my marriage and work with him, there was a moment where I stepped in the mirror and I looked at myself and I decided it's not about him. And I decided it must be about me. And I started to pick a, to pick, you know, my face apart and I, you know, trying to diet and all of these things. Um, yeah. So I very much turn and very hard on myself and in the mode of judgment to escape a feeling, um, a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I've noticed because usually after a big cry, I'm, I've never, th- I look, think I look gorgeous after a big cry. So you vulnerable know? too. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, I feel so soft and so much relief and, and, you know, we live in such a hectic life that it's very rare that we give us ourselves space and time to really feel and slow down so that we can actually feel safe to feel. I couldn't have said it any better. The, mm-hmm. the avo- the, that's that sucking it in, like suppressing it down, um, avoidance, avoiding feelings and not honoring them when they're there and that we live in this world where everything is like the white picket fence and is beautiful. And if something in your life is not beautiful, well, then you're fucked. Mm. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, a couple of things you mentioned earlier was one, the language that we use. I'd like to t- touch on that, but a bigger one is, and I'm just going to call this cutting the cord because mm. we have, and in the work that I do, we talk about womb trauma. And how womb, like if you think about it or if I think about it in my sense as I'm giving the example, is that I have eggs within me and then I was once an egg in my mother's womb when she was a baby inside her mother's womb. And so we are literally all connected. And this is 
sometimes we we misinterpret and regardless of how you identify in your gender as you were born either male or female birthed you were all connected to a womb and so a lot of male um, born males feel that they're disconnected to this womb space but males have an energetic womb Hmm. And so when we're looking at that, this whole cutting of the cord, I think for me, if I'm talking about judging my body, and I've talked about this on my Instagram occasionally, like I feel like I have Nana knees. This is like a joke in my family that my Nana used to have these certain type of knees and my mum has those knees and my cousins also have these, or my aunties have these knees and we're all like, oh, Nana knees. And I've had this thing where I fucking don't like my knees. <laughs> <laughs> which is the stupid weirdest thing and I'm totally aware of it but how do we cut the cord when we like of the judgment that can be ancestral lineaged I mean this is where I'm very new um and it's this is happens when you move to southern California I mean I would say most all of my friends would give you 12 different versions of cord cutting exercise but I mean I'm I'm just I, I mean, cord cutting exercises, right. You know, releasing those wounds, um, you know, maybe medicine, plant medicine, um, setting the intention breath work, you know, I guess, I, I guess I do it in breath work. Um, but it's that, that's something, an area where I still need, well, I always need guidance and I'm all, I'm always open to guidance, but where I am more guidance. Like I've never had done a womb clearing and there's something going on in my womb because I'm not having my period every month. So there's something there. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's all I have to say. I mean, if you have any thoughts, I'm interested. No, No, that's perfect. I think sometimes too, with cord cutting, it doesn't even have to be like of ancestral lineage. I think we forget that our parents' beliefs we can take on as paradigms and therefore we believe them to be true, even though they might not be true. So if my mum didn't like her knees and she's saying, oh, I've got horrible knees, I can grow up thinking, well, I've got horrible knees too, but is that, is that true? Like, mm. is that really true? So how, like if we're speaking to the aspect of the belief of something, mm. How can someone go from having the belief of I've got my, I've got fugly nananese <laughs> to I love my body and I honor my body for being individually unique? Mm. Well, I think the first step, I mean, this, this is gets into like what I call that your inner mean girl is in, in becoming conscious and aware of the thoughts, right? Because our thoughts very much create our emotions and our emotions create the actions that we take. And then we take all these actions or we do all these things and then we created a life. So if all of these, if my life, and if you look at it six years ago, it was very much um, looks like it was created from the thought of, I am not enough. I was married to a man who wanted me on his arm um, who gave me a lot of money, but I wasn't truly in love with him. Um, I didn't, I ate a couple twigs of iceberg lettuce per day. I ran seven miles a day on the treadmill. I mean, crazy stuff. Right. So that's like not feeling like I was enough. Um, 
so the first, I mean, just like basic tips, how you can get in touch with like what you're thinking or separate yourself from those thoughts, which is what you want to do. Cause you are not your thoughts. And if, all right, let's just, if you're listening one more time, you are not the thoughts that you think those are just thoughts. So a way that you can really separate yourself from the thoughts is definitely. So whether you're in silence, whether you use an app, whatever it is, just to be able to sit with your thoughts, watch them pass and just create a little space. Also journaling, pen to page journaling. So get out your pen, get your hand going on a notebook and just write, write, write and look at all the thoughts that are in your brain. I think it's like you're, we think like 60,000 thoughts a day. Is that what it is? I don't know, but that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of thoughts. And I, hold on, but I think that's actually right. That Um, just highlights the importance of. So they better be good ones, right? Emptying your brain, like. Yes. So they got to be good ones, right? So it's first of all, becoming of like that inner mean girl and like ask it, you know, there's all these prompts that I have, like, what does she say to you when you're looking in the mirror, when, when you rest, when you wake up late, when you don't work out, when you eat fried food, when you eat, you know, when you disappoint someone, like what is your innermost critic talking to you like, or what's that self-talk? And then how can you start to crowd out some of those negative um, programs with some more positive and ones that will benefit, will benefit you and move you forward mm-hmm. um, and uplift you. And so I like to really focus on writing down positive affirmations. Like I am a creative powerhouse. I'm, you know, I'm a light bringer. I'm resourceful. I'm a genius, all these things. Because when I do that, and actually, if you pair them with movement, it can also be really powerful to get them in your body and part of your um, changing your, your state. Yeah, exactly. Then it starts to crowd out those negative thoughts. A or, good analogy yeah. for that, that um, I, I once saw this at a workshop years ago, and it was a guy was holding like a glass and he had a can of Coke and he poured the can of Coke into the glass and he said, see this dirty water this is what your mind is like when it's filled with dirty thoughts and then he got a clean cup of water and he like same the same size glasses and he said and he was showing the glass of clarity he goes but this is what we seek we seek clarity we be out we seek to be able to see through ourselves and know who we truly are but when your mind is full of dirty creek water and it looks like this and you're after this clarity. What do you do? And he took a jug of water and he poured it into the cup where the Coke was. And he just kept pouring and pouring and pouring water. And over time, the Coke leaves the glass and is filled with water. Yes. And he, it's exactly. the method of, um, and in Ayurveda, um, in, in Indian medicine, for those who don't know what Ayurveda is, traditional Indian medicine which is something that I've studied for those who are listening who don't know what I do. And um, it's all about your daily method of operation. They call that your dhinacharya. It's the little things you do every day that contribute to your overall well-being. And sometimes for me, it's like tongue scraping every single day or it's yeah. dry skin brushing or it's every day I meditate. Every day I walk bare feet on the earth, regardless of whether it's the middle of winter or the middle of summer. And so those little things are individual to you that helps bring you back to balance. But the analogy of like 
how do we bring in those positive affirmations and that breath work and that meditation, that journaling time? It's like the analogy with the Coke and the water is that the water is the journaling and the meditation and the breath work. And the more you apply it consistently, the more the Coke will dissipate or the dirty water will dissipate. And through the cloudiness, you'll create clarity. Mm, I love that. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. It was a couple questions ago, but what came up for me around my menstrual cycle was For so long, there's the third week, which is like the progesterone fueled, um, where I become like more bloated, put on a couple of pounds, retain water. The inner phase of your cycle. Yeah. And it's really, um, I have so long, like I'm I'm hungrier, I've pushed it away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I also get some an amazing writing done, right? It's like my sleep is really on point. And so I've been trying to really embrace that third phase or that third week of, um, yeah, the third week of the cycle as like a gift, as like slow down, you know, this is the time to be still. And I can't remember what we were really talking about, but that's, I mean, listen, we are given a cycle for a reason. When I think about it in terms of like creativity for me, it's like the first half is all about idea generation. You know, how many ideas, what are these articles that I'm going to write? Amazing. Let me interview people. Let me like get all these connections. And then I, I'm, and then it's like, okay, baby, sit down with your sweatpants on and let's get this shit done. Mm-hmm. It's like the, um, our, our menstrual cycle has a yin and yang aspect. And when you enter yes. yang, that's everything is outward. It's kind of like if you had a torch, you would shine the torch outward and you're like shining the light. And so that's the light flowing through you outwardness. And that's, that's the right. creativity and putting yourself out in the community and being social and interviews and all of that in a, on a business sense. But then the other side, which is where some women get really bogged down, it's like, oh my God, I don't want to leave the house today and I can't handle talking to people. But that can be very grounding and extremely nourishing. And that's the kind of, I call that stage or breather, get shit done phase. And that's why some people can just sit there and smash out like four weeks of work in a week. And then the following week when they're menstruating, they can barely lift a leg out of bed. And so it's about honoring. And I think the, the, the way that we came to this conversation or this part of the conversation 
was that you were mentioning about like the beliefs and how your belief around yourself and your own inner critic, so your own inner mean girl, is this like, dude, you're a lump of shit. You feel like yeah. crap. You look like crap. You're like fat. You've put on all this weight. And literally you ask your partner, darling, about do I look big in this? And it's like, or she's like, you look exactly the same. And most of it's mental. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, sure. it's how it feels, not what it looks like, how it feels. And so I feel like this is how, like, we got to this part of the conversation around that phase of your cycle before you bleed, that pre-menstrual post-ovulation stage for women is it's all about transition and understanding mm-hmm. that you're transitioning. And I think as women, if we can, if we look at, oh, I want to self-love and I really want to honor who I am and I really want to trust myself. A lot of that, I feel like, comes down to discovering what your inner talk, your self-talk is like at the four different pinpoints of your cycle. Because mm. one point of your cycle, you're like, I'm on top of the world. I can do everything. I'm going to start all these great projects. And then eight days later, you're like, fuck my life. Why did I even think like that? I literally hate the world. <laughs> I know. So it's those four personalities, right? Yeah, um, that's really true. On top of being Gemini can be intense. Oh, I, can, I can imagine. I'm a Libra, so I'm all about the having the balance. But <laughs> let's talk about the PMS, right? Because I know that um, productivity and PMS can kind of be blown out of proportion, as in like they're kind of like opposite magnetizing forces. So it's not like having north and south. It's like having two norths. They just repel. But let's talk about um, the PMS or premenstrual symptoms. I like to call them cycle signs because they're just signs that your body's giving you. How that can impact our self-talk, but then also how, like, where does, like, where does that come from? Like, where do you feel like um, stigmatized PMS comes from? So let's start with the first one. PMS self-talk. Um. I mean, listen, I live, I live by my, my calendar of my cycle. So, I mean, if I'm like, I schedule everything, my workouts, the people, you know, my, my events, everything by my calendar. In fact, I was scheduling a date with this first date, mind you, with this guy. And I was, and he was like, well, Sunday or Monday. And I was like, well, hold on. I'm checking my cycle calendar to see if I, which day I'm going to be more PMS by, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're aware of what's happening, as long as you're conscious of the thoughts, then you can sort of like talk, talk yourself, at least I can talk myself out of it. Like, you know, I mean, there's days in your, within my cycle that my facial structure is just totally different. Right. You know, right before you're about to ovulate, your face is like perfectly symmetrical or, you know, in that day before you're you have your period. It's like, you can't even look in the mirror. So, I mean, I just really try to be super gentle with myself Mm. and it's in the acceptance of it. And I am an acceptance of it. And I'm also honoring like what a beautiful cycle, um, that was designed for women versus when I, I used to fight it. And, you know, I used to have bulimia because I wasn't feeding myself when I needed to, um, And I would be taken off guard by all of the hunger and the anger and the passion and wanting to fuck and all of that. And I didn't know what to do with that, but now I know what to do with that. And I, 
honor it, frankly, and reverence and like, okay, what do you need me to do? And then I'm going to do that. So powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just taking, just switching your mind from being like, my body hates me. I fucking hate my body. So being like, oh, what is the body asking for with this message? Or what is the body really telling me? It's all it is. It's kind of like you're standing at the T intersection. You're like, do I turn left or do do, do I turn right? Like, which direction is it? It's the Mm. same fucking road. (laughs) It's just two different directions. Um, Right. mm. Well, and also, I I, like if anyone is listening has ever if they're like ever been in like some trauma, like we've all been in trauma for me, I've been in a couple explosions and sort of near death experiences in New York and not to just put them, I mean, not to like talk about it lightly, but it's very common for trauma victims to really want to be on the move. So for me, that third week very much felt unsafe to me. Mm-hmm. because I felt so slow and like I was walking through quicksand and um, but you know, it's just understanding how all of those pieces fit together. And now I'm like, okay, chocolate, please. And six hours of Netflix coming up. <laughs> so I just want to highlight that you just said chocolate, please. And a few moments ago, you were talking about bulimia, right? Because there is chocolate's a bit of a food for females, right? Now, not to mention good quality chocolate has good quality nutrients in it, which are essential pre-bleed. I'm just going to say that chocolate can be great for you. Dark chocolate, ideally 70% or more. But that self-critic, I want to talk about the inner mean girl. I call it also the itty bitty shitty committee that's just like on your shoulder all the fucking time. Snap, snap, snap. But that itty bitty shitty community, that inner mean girl who was like, no, you can't have chocolate. Chocolate makes you fat. Or you can't have chocolate. That's going to like sabotage your body. Your, your acne is going to go out of control. You don't even think about it. You're walking down the, the grocery aisle and you're like, your, your mind's like, oh, chocolate looks really good. And you're like, don't think about it. No, don't think about it. Can't do it. It's just going to end up in a, like a bad mess. How do you, how do you, how did you go from having bulimia and probably having a mindset like that around chocolate to be like, Hey, I'm at this stage of my cycle. My body loves chocolate. I'm going to honor myself yeah. and, and serve myself with chocolate and oh. do it in a way that comes from love rather than the binge way. Oh, it just makes me cry. It just makes me cry to think about it. Like, I remember I was like, I was PMS and I was at my family of origins home in Texas. And it was such a big deal for me where I threw up a lot, mm. a lot, along with my sisters who all experienced the same sort of shit. And I, I had dark chocolate and I gave myself the smallest, smallest piece. And I remember I videoed it and I remember eating it and I was smiling. It was in the dark and I felt so bad and so wrong, yet so proud of myself. And then I just realized like dark chocolate, my body really loves it. It really loves it. Um, like, especially around my cycle. And frankly, because I drink, I, I try to limit my caffeine in the, um, in the afternoon now. So what I do is I give myself a little bit of dark chocolate because it's enough of a kick to like, not make me go into to caffeine withdrawals. Cause surely I might. And then, <laughs> um, but it's also, it's also like delicious and my body relaxes and even talking about it makes me want to have chocolate right now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but very, um, it's, it's not going to make you fat. And 
you know, the more I had so many of those rules and I'm just surprised. Yeah. Restrictions. And Mm. what I do, why I've let those go is frankly, because I want to be famous and I want to be a best-selling author who is able to touch hearts and my yeah put ambition. that out to the universe of the podcast yeah that's, and my ambition that's the way to affirm that <laughs> is is trumping my addiction my ambition is trumping my addiction oh, and I, I cannot be small and make the impact that I want to make and part of that includes for me eating dark chocolate peanut butter avocado almonds my brain has to be working um, you know, also sweet potatoes it has to be grounded. It's sleep. So all of those things, um, that's, that's allows me to get in touch with my creative power. Right. Which we kind of goes to your second point, which is around this patriarchy and what they've told us about PMS or reflected us back when we are PMSing because they can't handle the full expression of who we are when we're in those maybe more volatile emotional stages of our cycle. Um, And so it just begs, I beg, am always thinking about is PMS really a thing? Yes, I know it is because I've experienced it, but like it's actually not a thing when I am engaged in my tantric breath work, when I'm doing rage rituals, when I'm screaming, when I'm dancing wildly, like I want to. Using so, your intrinsic natural nature. Yes, exactly. Your wild woman. Yes. When I'm expressing that, when I'm like listening to my PMS, how do you want to be expressed and expressing it is such, it doesn't feel like PMS. It feels like flow. That's that light, that spotlight, that torchlight shining outward because you're feeling rage or anger or frustration is one of the the biggest. Um, There's two void sections of our menstrual cycle where we get into this void. The first one is after ovulation and the next one is just before we menstruate. And these two voids are kind of like yin and yang completely just in like a little period of three or four days. And you can literally go from feeling like you're on top of the world to having a huge crash and you're like a kid on red frogs that's been like having an amazing time at the playground. Now, you know, your parents are locking you in the car and strapping you up to take you home. Like it's so just... which, which, what are the voids, Gemma? So there's a void after we ovulate if we don't conceive because our body's designed to right, right. conceive, right? So the way I describe this at my, um, at my retreat days and in my online program, it's like organizing the fucking party of the century and you're so excited about it and you get to the party day and nobody shows up. Yeah. That's that feeling that, oh, that's the void after ovulation where your body's worked all this energy and pro- productivity of getting you to the point of ovulation that you ovulate with no conception. Mm, yeah and so what happens is the body's like oh okay well maybe next month when we organize the next party people will turn up (laughs) and so then we get towards the end of our cycle um before we start our next cycle and begin our bleed and that can be a void like state too and it depends for different menstruators um, particularly those who have been on fertility journeys the voids can be more amplified 
and they can be more amplified because there's more emotional connection with the I want to conceive or I'd like to start a family or we're trying to start a family. And when that doesn't right. happen, that void like pre bleed can be quite I like to think extravagated because it's like, oh, this is just another reminder that it didn't happen again this month. And so that's that inner mean girl coming, like coming up to speak to that. But when we understand that we have different personalities, every stage of our cycle, and we embrace that, what you're saying is we can, we become really powerful and the patriarchy doesn't really know what to do with that. And when we say patriarchy, we're talking about like the masculine energy of the planet. That's right. Of society. So do you notice those voids in your own cycle? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would also say that after moving to California and just by really feeding and nourishing my body with good foods and um, a lot of nature, my cycle is way less volatile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's way less volatile. I have a suggestion to that too. You've Tell gone me. from you've, you've gone from living. Um, there's different parts of the planet, and David Dieta talks about this a lot. Actually, the masculine and the feminine polarities of of space and um, places. New York is masculine. Everything's erect and direct, whereas Hawaii is feminine, and so there's different parts of the world and reasons why different people gravitate to different areas. Now, LA, I feel, and having been to LA a lot, LA has a very masculine essence to it, but it's surrounded in feminine. So it has a good, I feel a good polarity between the two. It has a good balance. Whereas some places are just strictly masculine. And then Mm. some places are strictly feminine. Like if I went to, I do this every time, actually, when I fly to Melbourne, or Melbourne, depending on how you pronounce it, in Victoria, Australia, everyone wears dark clothes. It's a city. Everyone's wearing black, navy, browns, grey. That's it. And I have this one pair of bright orange jeans. And I'm like, every time I fly into the city, I'm like, orange jeans are coming on. And I feel like I'm the only colourful person in the street. And I love that. But that's bringing a little bit of feminine essence into like a masculine world. And so it's very common for women when they move from a masculine location and embrace a feminine location, which is what we all used to live in. You know, hundreds of years ago, everybody used to live in a feminine essence. There was no masculine um, structures, so to speak, like we do have today. Um, Women's bodies can change in response to that. And it's that same feeling. Um, and for those who don't live in New York or don't live in a city, just think about when you're living in a structure and order in your life and then you're like, oh, I just need to go into nature and you just go for a drive. And then all of a sudden the buildings start to dissipate and the trees start, there's more trees on the side of the road and you just have a breath. that's like, oh, yes, that's yeah. going from the masculine to the feminine. Mm. That's how I feel right now, being out in Joshua Tree after coming from LA. I really, I feel like that. Great in that, a great example too. Yeah, totally good example. Um, wow, we've talked about so many amazing things. I just want to keep talking. We're almost out of time though. And I'd love to, um, one more question before I ask you our podcast question to finish up is I'd love to hear what, we've been talking about the patriarchy. I'd love to hear what your impact on the patriarchy has for us as women or those who identify as women being able to fully express ourselves? 
can you ask it again? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so how can we fully express ourselves as women mm-hmm. when we can easily be impacted by the world of the patriarchy, the world of the masculine, the world that tells us we need to have more, do more, be more, mm-hmm. um, achieve more, live in alignment with like, oh, you're at this age bracket, you should be married and have kids in the white picket fence house. How can we fully embrace ourselves in a world that puts a lot of pressure on us? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just really conscious communication. And so really using the tools of, from my perspective, when you feel something, well, first of all, don't keep it in. Fully express yourself. Don't keep it in for your sake and for everyone else's sake, because it's just going to come out sideways in some other venue, right? And so, um, you know, it goes like this, like from my perspective, part of me feels X, you know, like versus like blowing up in this like rage of PMS, a part of me feels hurt that I was in this meeting and you didn't let me speak or give me credit for my work. I don't feel acknowledged. And the story that I'm making up perhaps is what that means to me is that you don't value me as an employee or, you know, I'm just making stuff up. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also use this, these tools in any relationship in all relationships and then say, how was that experience for you? And so I think being able to just express yourself in any form or fashion, but especially through conscious communication, it gets, when you start to use the language, part of me feels, um, or my experience was, you're not saying I'm angry. I'm frustrated. You're just saying part of me feels this. And also part of me feels X, you know? Um, so I think good communication is super important. Mm. Um, what do you think, Gemma? Thank you for asking. Good question. (laughs) Um, I feel that in us being able to fully embrace ourselves, honoring how you feel is like one of the best, like, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned fully expressing and don't keep things in. I think the communication part comes down to how well we communicate with ourselves, but then also how well we communicate with those around us, particularly those that we spend the most time with. So yes to, to those two. I also would say that when we feel pressure from others, we need to honor time to connect with ourselves. So they say that like diamonds are created under pressure. I hate that saying. Right. It's true though. I hate it though. Cause it means that we must apply pressure to be great. But mm. when we feel pressure, it's kind of like when someone's pushing on your bruise, you know, you've got mm-hmm. a bruise on your body somewhere and someone's poking and pushing on it. That's pressure. So how do you relieve yourself of the pain? You remove the pressure. So I think number one is having just a self-connection time every day, whether that Mm. is meditation, whether it is movement and making it a body practice. So body practice doesn't have to be an exercise as in like I'm going to the gym or I'm going for a run. A body practice is taking yourself out of your mind into your body. And I call it like living above the line or below the line. So above the line is in your head where your shoulders are and below the line is under your shoulders so it's Mm. you know throat space heart space all the other sacral parts of your body but they're the two biggest ones I I think is just honoring where you are and how you feel and then the last one because it would be totally 
wrong of me to not mention the menstrual cycle is just honoring what day of your cycle you're on. And if you are in that pre-bleed time, that pre-menstrual in autumn stage of your cycle, just knowing, hey, I'm always a little bit harder on myself at this time of my cycle. And my mind creates stories and it really takes me a little bit all over the place. You know, knowing that because that's your cycle rhythm is really important. Telling your partner or your best friends to check in on you and be like, hey, babe, just letting you know you are fucking beautiful. And like, Mm -hmm. I love you. And you're like, you're such a beautiful light in my life. Whatever, when you hear that and you're in that, like you're in, in the shit or in the quicksand, you know, they're little things that actually remind you that your body and your mind is just creating stories. Yeah. That's beautiful things I add into that. Do you have anything else to add? No, no, no. That was good. I wanted to hear from the expert herself. (laughs) I don't know if I'm an expert, but yes, thank you for asking. All right. Final podcast question. And before we jump into that, I've loved this conversation. Really, really loved it. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Tell us, how can we find you for everyone who's like, oh, I want to know about this Aubrey chick. How can they find you? What are the best places they can find you? And, you know, what is the work that you do currently? So if you go to Instagram, you can find me there. My handle is A-U-B-R-E-E dot N-I-C-H-O-L-S, Aubrey dot Nichols. I'm also on Clubhouse. Um, and I recently got Clubhouse. Haven't used it yet. We'll have to be Clubhouse. Oh my God, it's, it's Clubhouse amazing. amazing. So once you get in, yeah. So I'm, I'm there modding some rooms. Um, I'm having a really good time there. And if you can find me on Instagram, you'll find my clubhouse handle, my website, like I'll, you know, which has links to my writing. Um, you can also DM me there. If you heard this podcast and let's connect and talk more about self-love, the patriarchy and bleeding all of it. PMS, Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> let's just talk about how awesome Gemma is. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting better yeah. at receiving compliments. Um, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes. Um, I'm going to have to explore clubhouse more. I've got the app. I do have an account, um, but I haven't actually really used it. I was like another app. Do I have time for that? Um, but thank you so much. I've loved this final podcast question. Now this is completely switching gears. I ask everybody this same question and I can't wait to hear your input on it. I want you to think Aubrey back to your younger menstruating self. Like when you first got your period, Uh however old you were teen tween time, And I want you to think about three things you wish you had have known when you started menstruating that you now know today. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, first of all, it just makes me laugh because I came home after I started my period and my mom had a huge dining room table full of every sanitary feminine product in the grocery store. I brought the whole aisle. (laughs) Yeah, no, she did. She bought the entire aisle and it was, and I, that makes me smile. Um, because that's like super sweet. Um, I think I would have, I wish, I wish I would have had an app that I would have been able to track and and say like, okay, you're going to be hungry this day. This is a good day to like relax. This is a good day for you to like run track and be with your friends. Um, and I also, I a hundred percent wish that I would have known that if I sat with myself in silence through meditation and met myself that way, that I would be given so many of the answers that were already inside me versus running around trying to seek them elsewhere. Um, 
that's, I mean, I really wish I would have started meditating early on. Um, and, but I didn't, and I have that now. And then I think lastly is that just understanding that all of my emotions were right. Um, none of them were wrong. Um, they were not too much. They were exactly how they're supposed to be. And, um, yeah, just to, to feel them all deeply because it's just energy. Right. And I, I wish I would have known that that anger or that fear or shame or whatever it was that it was just an energy. And by actually honoring it and feeling it to its depth, that it would go away mm. and dissipate and then move into the joy, the exhilaration, the happiness. You, I love that last one. I've never, no one's ever said that. And I don't think I've ever heard a word like that. And I typed it out. All your emotions are right. Feel them all deeply. Mm-hmm. It's just, can you imagine hearing that as a 12 year old? Like I was in, cause I teach in schools. I was in a school last week teaching 13 year olds about their cycle. And one of the girls was like, I got my period when I was eight. And why did that happen to me? And that's understandable. Like, like very upset that, you know, they feel that they've been a little bit robbed, so to speak. But if I just, if I had known at that age bracket, you know, just all your emotions are right and that it's okay and normal to, it's common to feel all of these things and it's actually aligned and normal. Um, They're just beautiful. I've loved this conversation so much and having you on the show. Thank Thank you. I just hope everyone listening to this has got a lot of great value and insights on lots of different aspects of really overall learning to manage your inner mean girl and learning to understand yourself so that you can just honor who you really are. So amazing. Thank you so much, Gemma. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 